Hello, this is Helena York, and you're listening to In the Envelope. Or Envelope. Oh, sure. Potato, potato. Welcome to In the Envelope, an awards podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage. I'm here to give you a front row seat to the Emmys, Oscars, SAG, and Tony's races. Who is in the running? What makes an award-worthy performance? And what are the secrets to giving one? These intimate, inspirational conversations with some of today's most talented stars provide you, dear listener, the kind of craft and career advice that could win you a statue of your own, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. Anybody right. could listen to me on this podcast right now and be like, oh, I want to be like Helena and try Broadway, and then I can transition totally. to television by breaking my ankle. Like, you don't know. Totally. That doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, none of it's linear, and it, and mm. it should, and what's exciting about it is that it's surprising. And if you are mm. open to being surprised, then you can yeah. reap the benefits of that. Yeah. Judge, can he say something? No. We could, gonna, we, we could get him to hell, but I don't know if he, he wanted to do that. just yawned. That was cute. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah. Welcome, yeah. then, to In the <laughs> Thank I you, I just Jack. grabbed you from your desk. Could you introduce yourself? Yes. I'm Who are ben- you? Benjamin Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I'm senior editor here at Backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, What's that mean? What do you do? Uh, I work mostly on our weekly print product, so um, mm-hmm. kind of booking out covers and feature wells and all of culture, all, all the interview content that you see, mm-hmm. I kind of have a hand in. What um, What is your relationship with Conference Room 2? Oh, I book uh, mm-hmm. our weekly on-camera interview series Backstage Live, yes. um, which streams on our Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube channels. Look at you go. Yeah. There's, a, there's a wall of uh, Polaroid photos behind you. Of yeah. everyone, most most of everyone yeah. we've, we've interviewed there. From the last year, there's pr- probably been like 60 plus Do you want to like name drop subjects. some of these people? Who yeah. The biggest, the uh, most fun, we most we got Billy Porter. Yeah. We got John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Edie Falco. Edie Falco, Willem Dafoe. Um, we're here to talk about the other two. We had Drew Tarver yes. in here. Oh, good transition. Yeah. Oh, good. Because I, the only reason, I mean, I brought you in, I'm, we're introducing members of the backstage staff to listeners of this podcast. Okay. But I'm bringing in people based on their their uh, affiliation with or their love of di- different interviewees at their projects. Oh, or cool. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what, first of all, what, give us a brief, what is the other two? And like, why do you love it? Yeah. Why do you love it? Um, I mean, the other two first came onto my radar because I love other people, which, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Kelly wrote yes. and directed after his time on SNL with Sarah Schneider. Yeah. Schneider. Yeah. Um, they came together for this to kind of create the other two. Obviously, I think that the story is absolutely hilarious. Oh, really? um, kind of these two late 20s. I think they're late 20s, yeah. maybe early 30s. Yeah. But both of them are pursuing careers in the arts, but also kind of having a... <laughs> A hard hand of it. More of an aspiring career. Yes, arts, yeah, yeah. Um, people can relate to. And then when their younger brother, 15, he kind of has overnight success on YouTube, kind of like Justin Bieber. Um, right. Chase Dreams, he his name looks is. like Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they decide to, at first it seems like it could be operating with the caveat of like riding his coattails, but mm. what actually ends up mm. happening is that they find a way to kind of clean their own lives up without manipulating the situation. It's still, like, sure. done out of love. It's done... It's done out of love. It, it's never... Yeah. There's no resent for his success. Totally. And the show could have made fun of him. I think, totally. Of the, yeah. of the breakout teen kid. And instead, he's this really sweet kid who's not corrupted by the thing. Right, like, right. They, they do make yeah. fun of the people around him. For sure. His agent is Ken ludicrous. Marino. Yeah. Yes. Played by Ken Marino. And his mom is played by Molly Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so today's guest of the podcast is Helena York. And I was, yes. I was just putting this episode together. And it's, Helena, I know you're listening. <laughs> I know she's listening. <laughs> I think it's one of the best interviews we've ever done on this Oh, podcast. awesome. Yeah, I yeah. think it's pure gold start to finish. But it's also really fun and funny and, like, casual Note that this episode is completely unbleeped. 
if okay. you <laughs> have small children or you or you don't want to listen to a, a curse heavy podcast, mm-hmm. this is not the episode for you. Yeah. And I can't wait for people to hear it. Ben, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us. Yes, of course. Do you have any parting yeah. words? Judge, anything? Um, Judge is quiet. Well, I, I love that we're, we're also running a uh, print feature with this interview. I, I love that you uh, emphasize the pronunciation of Helena. Helena. Uh, in, yes. in, in the written product. So if she's listening, I think she would appreciate that as well. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. Everyone grab a copy of Backstage Magazine. Yes. That's what we should plug. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's out now. What issue is Helena in? Um, I believe she'll be in June 20. This episode is coming out on June 13th. Amazing. So one week later, uh, Helena will be in the print issue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a great old magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not biased at all, but <laughs> I think so too. I think yeah. it's the best one out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. Let's get to it. All right. This podcast is, of course, brought to you, listeners, by Backstage. Listen, aside from all the great inspiration and tips and all of that stuff we offer for free, like this amazing podcast, Backstage also gives you access to incredible casting calls all over the world. That is why it's the world's number one casting platform. If you're curious or if you're an actor yourself and you really want to jumpstart your career and you're ready to take the advice and the inspiration you've heard here in this very episode and use it, go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E. That's, again, 30 days completely free to try backstage where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start browsing the casting notices, and start applying to jobs because who knows, maybe one day I'll be interviewing you. Again, that's backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. Canada-born, Los Angeles-raised, and now New York-residing Helena York is well-known to Broadway and regional theater audiences, but has now taken her signature charm and comedic timing to TV in Comedy Central's The Other Two from Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. Following two siblings whose preteen brother becomes a pop sensation, Helena plays the aimless Brooke Dubeck, one of the funniest characters of the spring TV season. Here it is, our chat with the fabulous Helena York. Is it ABBA or ABBA? It's ABBA. Someone gave me a really hard time the other day insisting it was ABBA. I was like, mm. fuck you. Who the fuck said that to you? That's stupid. My friend, and then my other friend like corroborated it, and I was like, you're both wrong. But I'm from Hawaii, so I don't know these things. You're from Hawaii? Yeah. You even say you're Hawaii from, yeah. correctly. <laughs> yeah, you're from Hawaii? You know what's crazy? I saw a friend of mine the other day, and she moved to Hawaii. Oh, see, that's another She went through this like horrendous breakup. Yeah. And then moved to Hawaii. How well do you know Hawaii? Not very well. Okay. I've been to Kauai. It's the one place I haven't been. That's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. So. There we go. Match made in heaven. Yes. Um, we've experienced everything <laughs> collectively, but I've not. seen Ramia. You haven't. Yeah. <laughs> you've been to Kauai. Yeah. This is good. Uh, yeah. My friend like went through this horrendous breakup and I've never seen somebody in greater despair but she just moved to the big island to and heal. just like oh. lives there yeah my she's brother a writer and can live like wherever let's do a quick recap of everything we talked about in the lobby okay. <laughs> <laughs> no um helena york thank you so much helena york yes that's me not helen yorkie <laughs> not helen yorkie not helene <laughs> helena york yeah but you don't bother to make it as like difficult for people as possible and for myself frankly yes again your parents <laughs> it's all comes back to your parents it's their fault we did this talk back recently in los angeles where fred armison name drop was hey. the uh moderator and he oh, kept fun. calling me helene and my father afterwards was like he kept calling him helene and i was uh, like yeah bitch because you spelled it that way so what did you expect like get to know me you this complain. is my whole life <laughs> totally also, his name is Ross, but he threw an oh. H in there as well. So his name is R-H-O-S. They're You're joking. No. Isn't that crazy? I don't even That's think about so it deep. until I'm like, oh, my God. And you know someone named B-A-R-Y. Yeah. You're dating someone named B. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cute. Cute. Um, what else did we talk about? Oh, well, one thing we're going to talk about, the reason I think you're a perfect guest on this podcast is because we're all about the audition horror stories. As someone who's based in New York and comes came from a theater background, you're uh-huh. like the ideal backstage interviewee okay. because you have 
I mean, forgive me for assuming that you have, like, audition horror stories because every working actor does. I don't have, like, a ton of horror stories. Uh I just have, like, I did the slog. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like I did the slog. I have that Helene story. I've had horrible <laughs> feedback. Like she looks like a soccer mom. Oh. I've had that. But they I've didn't never... want it. They didn't want a soccer mom. They didn't. Apparently not. <laughs> I it. did not book that. Um, <laughs> no, they. And then I have like you. Know, but I don't have anything like I fell or you know my tip oh. came out in front of Lin Manuel Miranda sure. or like anything like <laughs> sure. that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just have like the oh, typical. I did it. Yeah, or like, well, there's that thing, too, of like, I heard it recently on, on this podcast, I can't even remember who said it, but when a, an audition goes so horribly that, like, they were assholes or, like, it was a respect issue, you don't even want that job. Like, in a way, you're auditioning them. Yeah, I mean, you get to a place in your career where I think that's the case, mm. but, like, at at first, you just want somebody to fucking want, hire you for yeah. this thing you spent thousands of dollars on college for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, I've been to fucking... <laughs> chorus open calls like i've sure like i did that shit did you do backstage um casting listings did you circle notices and backstage no i didn't do that no but you moved to new york old oh (laughs) i think that i moved here in 2007 because that was when it was like transitioning to online already and literally just transitioning and it was all on the equity website gotcha 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 and you came directly from university of michigan yeah university of michigan with dreams of moving to new york with dreams of moving to New York. And doing what exactly? Musical Are we theater? recording all of this now? Yeah, totally. Is this happening? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I went to Michigan because I want I I was like dancing forever growing up and then mm. I went cut into choir and I really loved acting and I was like I should be majoring in musical theater. Mm. And I wasn't going to apply and then a flyer came in the mail and my mom was like this place looks really good. And then they accepted me, but I didn't get, I didn't get, I applied for seven universities. And when you apply to university for this, you have to audition for college. So it's like everybody's going through this application process and you're trucking your butt in front of Mm -hmm. these heads of these programs and like singing and doing monologues for them. Totally. I did that. Yeah. Yes. Where did you go? I went to Vassar. Which oh. did not require that. But I auditioned at a, at a couple of places. I got into UCLA's acting program. They rejected me. As, <gasps> really? Yes, they rejected me. Oh, no. Everybody rejected Except me. Except for University of Michigan? And Boston Conservatory were the only places oh, I wow. could get into. And I didn't get in until like April 1st, which was the absolute last moment you could have heard. Oh, weird. I turned green. I was so nervous that I just wasn't going to get into college. Because you only applied to, how many? You said seven. eight or seven? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I auditioned for all of them. It's super stressful. You're 17 or whatever. You're, like, yeah, and you're, yeah. oh my God, paralyzed. My, ugh, yeah. It was paralyzing, but they let it's me into so Michigan. So much pressure. Amazing. Which yeah. is nice of them. And it's because of the flyer <laughs> that you were like, yes, this. Well, we like had gone to a college fair and like the, they sent the material to the house and my mom was like, you should apply to this. And we did. And then we visited and I was like, I mean. Totally. I loved it. That school is so good. Yeah. That program is so good. And, you know, I went to college with some highly high-functioning, successful people. Sure. Um, And it was originally, like, but it was originally dance. Like, you came from the dance background. Yeah, I came from, like, I did ballet forever. And then I remember, Mm -hmm. like, learning about Chinese foot binding in school and being like, this is how ballet will be talked about. Oh. Because it was so painful learning how to do point. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I oh, this is crazy. And okay. I remember being 13 and being like, Mom, I want to quit dance. And she's like, you're not allowed. She wouldn't let me quit dance. But okay. thank God. <laughs> she just like channeled it into something else. Yeah. She was like, you got to keep dancing, boo. And I did. So Good. You yeah. Ch- yeah, you figured it out. And then it was always with the intent of then, like throughout college, you were dreaming of, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to do Broadway. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. Not even maybe. Like, that was... That's the goal. I went... It's so funny because it's, again, you say, like, oh, you're 18 when you're applying to college. Mm. I think the craziest thing about that in this culture is that by that age, you're supposed to somehow know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And even some people that do major in musical theater come out of it and end up doing something totally different that is so much better suited to them. And, you know, I think you should be doing something that you love that makes you feel empowered that you're, like, really on a roll with. It doesn't... But I really went to college and I really knew what I wanted to do yeah. at yeah. 18. And would you say that it's it's helpful if in the turn, in the field of acting where it's very much a crapshoot, it's very hard yeah. to get in, to have like a single-minded focus that that's your plan A and you don't really I, have I really B. do believe that. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to me when people come up to me and they, they 
I remember in college, some people thought like, oh, maybe I'll minor in this. Or, you mm. know, I, I remember I, getting out and people being like, I think I want to become an actor. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, if it's, you know, I just, think. I think. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into this. It's... <laughs> No, it's probably not going to work. Not you don't necessarily have to go to college. I mean, there's plenty of people, right. you know, like Emma Stone and yeah. Jennifer Lawrence that you know just do it. And sure, good for them. <laughs> um, sure, but you know, yeah, I really, I, I didn't have a plan B. I really didn't. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a hard worker, so I worked a lot of mm. side hustles okay. in order to make it happen. And I also <laughs> didn't have a plan B for how I wanted my career to look. I didn't. I didn't I didn't want to like I, I remember getting here and being so focused on, you know, if nothing against this, but I don't think I wanna I don't wanna necessarily dance in an ensemble or understudy. Mm. I I sure. and and that work is incredible work. I just knew that it wasn't something I wanted to do. And so I sort of yeah. said, you know, if I can't do this the way I want to, I will find something else to do and it'll work mm. out. Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do what I wanna be doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I made a lot of financial sacrifices making decisions like that yes. for a long time. But, yes. you know, it worked out. That's the stuff we like to hear about. <laughs> so would you say your advice, too, is like find – because in the field of acting, you can't just say, like, I want to act. It, it's maybe more helpful to be like my specific angle is Broadway or leading leading on Broadway or – yeah, it's like you find a crack to get in there, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Certainly theater was my crack. I yeah, mean, yeah. that was – I got here and it wasn't until I met my – he was my agent at the time. He's my, my manager, Russell mm. Gregory, who said, you know, and we're going to get you on TV. And I sort of – it seemed so, like, obscure to me, the idea that I would be on a set in front of cameras ever. Uh-huh. I, I went to school for musical theater. Like, that was everything I wanted to do. So I didn't even hmm. – that wasn't even uh, like a glimmer in my eye. I thought, oh, okay, maybe that would be interesting to do someday. But I really, I, I really went after theater hardcore. And you were saying earlier, right New York is your home. It's your home oh, base. Yeah, I've yeah. been here now twelve years, which is Amazing. so crazy. I told you in the waiting room that I bought my house in Brooklyn. Yeah, and it's like I, going just, I never want to leave. Yeah, it's it's crazy to right now be Madison Square Park with you. <laughs> I can't believe I'm totally. in Manhattan. <laughs> totally making the long journey into Manhattan <laughs> on the subway. Yeah, I love it here. That's actually speaking of actor advice. I get us all the time, like, where should I live, New York or L.A.? Because I've spent a lot oh. of time in L.A. and I grew up there, mm-hmm. which is really nice to have in the old back pocket because I have to go okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, hmm. But the thing, the advice I always give is you want to live in the city you can be unemployed in and still be happy because oh, you spend s- – that is my advice. Yeah. Like, where do you want to be unemployed? Because that's not going to be your everyday <laughs> but it's going to be a good chunk of your life. And it's where do you still feel creative, connected, mm. and inspired by yeah. life. And not in despair. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. despair creeps in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's gonna. a devil. And it happens to everybody. Yep. And you question yourself. You question your worth. You question every little thing that you're doing. For sure. And what I love about New York is that I leave the house and I'm immediately having human contact I'm an extrovert, so I need that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I live here. Yes, it's the knowing that there will be unemployment and, and figuring out, yeah, maybe the most the least uncomfortable place to do that. Yeah, know? and if you like hiking and sure, you know, being uh, you know having stretches alone or being in your car, whatever, <laughs> live in LA. Sure. I love that I said all of those things like vaguely with a vague twinge of despising. <laughs> totally. Totally trying to influence Little people. disdain. Like, if you like hiking and weather that never changes. Being alone, totally. <laughs> and being totally. lonely, move to L.A. <laughs> yeah. I have heard that on this uh, from a lot of people who maybe either move from New York to there that it can be a really lonely place. It's a lot of more space between people. It's huge amounts of space between yeah. people. And then after you do something, you get into a car and you're Forever. with your thoughts. Like, I'm an actress. <laughs> I'm insane. I don't want to listen to those. Yeah, yeah. I need to be talking to somebody all the time. Yeah, totally. And in, a, in New York, I'm not kidding. I don't think a day goes by where I don't see somebody I genuinely love. That's amazing. Which is That's crazy. how you live your life. Yeah. 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 Or that's how, if you want to live your life that way, then then there it is. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how I like it. But, yeah. you, know, you know, people love L.A. And I do get it. 
Sure. It's it's lovely you've, there. You've um, paid your dues. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, you, I, I <laughs> Which is well, what we always love to hear about. I want to hear about the um, what were some of those side hustles, the jobs you did to stay afloat? Um, when I first moved here, I worked the coat check at the Reebok Sports Club oh. in the summer. <laughs> so that I took a turn. I sat mm. behind, I, and I think a couple people gave me like a briefcase a couple times. And I would just like read uh, and like nobody checked anything. It was July or something. And uh-huh. I and I left school and a lot of people went and did summer stock gigs after graduating. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to get straight there and get after it. I see. And I'm glad I did because I worked the coat check for like a month. And then I did this show called Walmart Topia Off-Broadway. Oh, my God. And met some people that are my best friends now mm-hmm. doing that. Community. Com- it's got thrust into the community, got mm-hmm. thrust downtown, was working mm. at the Manetta Lane Theater. Oh, cool. This is in 2007. And then, um, and then, yeah, yeah, I mean, just to think, too, I was having this conversation with somebody. I got to college in 2007, and then the crash happened a year later. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but 14 shows closed on Broadway within a month of each other. I was doing no. Grease on Broadway at the time. It was like Grease, Hairspray. That was when Hairspray closed. I mean, so many things because just had of the to crash because nobody had any money to keep these things going. Nobody was seeing theater. Is that some kind of record of most shows closing at the same time. I don't know. You could probably look that That's up. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, and then I um and then I was working and then I um I wait sorry re- what was the first Broadway show that you did was Greece. Greece. And then it closed because of the crash. It closed, but I booked Wicked on tour. I did not get touched. This is crazy. That's great. The financial crisis did not touch me (laughs) because I booked Wicked. (laughs) Amazing. Good timing. I toured Wicked for a year while um, everybody got their shit together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I I came off the road and I was – and then I I was doing Bring It On the Musical out of town in Atlanta. Yeah. And I was in the final rehearsal before tech, and they were wanted me to learn how to do a standing back tuck, and I broke my ankle. Oh. And I was in a fiberglass cast immediately, put on a plane, and went to Los Angeles to be driven around by my mom. Oh, and I was like, no. I should try doing TV now. And it's one of those <sighs> things where it sounds so, oh, no. But I honestly, I think everything – first of all, Taylor Latterman was great in that. And oh, my God. That's I her part. this. And, um, it was that part? It's that part. <laughs> Um, she's fantastic, and now she's, she's in Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, but I ended up – it put me on a new path. And I think that that's mm-hmm. – you know, that to me is also – this business is so insane, and it can knock you down in mm-hmm. so many different ways. And I think you either take a setback as, you know, something to dig into you and make you feel like you can't go forward, or you say, this is telling me I need to be doing something else. Mm. And so because of that, I started pursuing television, and I really attribute a huge part of hmm. the fact that I have made that pivot to that right. moment in my life. Yeah. And plus, like, through that show, I'm so glad I got to do it because I worked with incredible people. I worked with Andy Blankenbuehler and Lynn and, and Lynn. Tom Kitt and, yeah. you know, all these amazing um, – Artists, um, Adrian Warren, Adrian Warren, Fuck. who I really want to see in um, she's Tina. apparently, yeah, she's kind of I want to see her in Tina. Yeah, Are they bringing amazing. it here? I think so. I think so. I was just it's ran into London. another name drop, Ariana DeBose, who I ah. lost my mind over she, the other day at a party because I was like, you are killing me. I'm so excited for you. She's so amazing. She was in she's Bring It On. She's about to be so huge. She was in Bring It On. Yeah, she was in Bring It On. Oh, okay, okay. She's, She's about amazing. To be massive. She's just, you know, a simple Spielberg movie. Yeah. She's going to be in <laughs> West Side Story. And then, and then literally Anita. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. You know um, everybody. I know everybody. <laughs> I've been around. You know all the cool people, <laughs> I think. I really love that, the, this idea of, like, you can choose the setback, the despair, really. Yeah. You can lean into that. Or it can be, I mean, is it, a, is it safe to call it meant to be? Kind of thing. Uh, yes, it sounds so cheesy to yeah. say, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. I just and and that goes for anything. Like you don't know where you're gonna fall, where you're gonna fall or land. I I you know fall or land. F- yeah, that's the distinction. You're where you're gonna fall or land, and sometimes yeah. you like I fully and actually fell. Um, yeah, but you know, I I just think that. It, it it brings in change in your life. And if you can run towards change in a way mm. that you're not afraid of it 
and just allow it to be what it's going to be and and not be afraid of the implications of how that's throwing a wrench in whatever you imagined your, you know, quote, dream to be. Mm. Don't get so attached to an idea you have in your head, you know, of, of, of yeah. what it's going to be. I remember being at Michigan and – um, my roommate was Andrew Keenan Bolger, and his oh sister God. is Celia Keenan Bolger, and she was a great hero alumni mm. of the school. Oh, and cool. I remember thinking about what she was up to, and sort of thinking like, okay, maybe if I do this, then that would lead to this, and I could do a spelling bee and get nominated for a Tony Award or whatever. Uh-huh. But you know, it's like she—I'm I'm not going to do exactly what she did. Just like anybody right. can listen to me on this podcast right now and be like, oh, I want to be like Helena and try Broadway, and then I can transition totally. to television by breaking my ankle. Like you don't know. <laughs> That doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just none of it's linear, and it and mm. it should. And what's exciting about it is that it's surprising. And if you are hmm. open to being surprised, then you can yeah. reap the benefits of that, and then it becomes a beautiful life because then you're happy. Yeah, that's because really you good meet to hear. So many people that do this that get so stuck at a place of like feeling unhappy or unsatisfied mm. or 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 whatever, and it's like make make choices that that you're excited about, and mm-hmm. and be brave. If, yeah, I don't understand doing this and not having a, you know, a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of um, yeah, 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 a loose definition of structure and of and also <laughs> routine like, and and also like let go of the fact that you're going to make money right away. Yeah, yeah, it's that thing of like, like go where you where you know you're going to be unemployed because that's a part of it. Yeah, I I wanted to get on television, so then the second the, my biggest side hustle was I worked the front desk at Physique Fifty Seven, which was a bar method class. <laughs> Because those classes were $36 and I wanted to work out for free. Oh, sweet. And so I worked at a at an exercise studio. Nice. And I, yeah. like, printed out audition sides. I yeah. printed out the sides for Bolts Over Broadway by the, behind the front desk and ah! Masters of Sex. Oh, my God. <laughs> while, like, sitting there and checking people in for exercise classes. Were you, like, allowed to use the printer? Probably not. <laughs> I love, see, that makes it even better. <laughs> I was, like, fully, like, printing out class schedules and then sides for auditions. I'm sorry. It was Masters of Sex and Bullets Over Broadway? It's fully sitting behind the front desk like of the Z57. Like, your two biggest gigs. That you yeah, just, like, at that time. like While doing that side hustle. But then, I, but then, by the way, I shot the first season of Masters of Sex, mm-hmm. and I got back to New York. And I wasn't working, so I went back to work at Physique 57. And okay. I got recognized for the show. I just don't have... Damn. I don't care. I want to work. Yeah, yeah. Um... And I also, again, like human contact. I want to feel like I'm sure I have forward motion, sure. and then I'm excited about my life. You know, I do know. I'm also like what we were saying earlier about like you and I are like the polar opposites. Like yeah. I can't have this life. I can't do it. What the not the unemployed life? All of this, the unemployed thing, the it's like really idea hard. of freelancing, the idea of like constant rejection. Oh, this yeah. is why I talk about acting and I don't act. And it's the same thing of, like, yeah. I had many plan A's. I had a lot of plan A's, and acting was lower on the list. And because I had heard, you have to want only that. Really go all in on that. Also, you have an amazing job. And it's... It's pretty okay. It's yeah. pretty okay. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. A friend of mine is in hosting now, and she I was talking to her the other day, and she's like, Lainey, I miss acting. And I was like, no. no. <laughs> I was like... No. I literally was like, no. Because the thing is that... I think people make the mistake a lot of times, and I don't know if this is – you know enough about it to have not made this mistake, mm. I don't think, in thinking about it. Uh-huh. But I think that you see pictures of people on a red carpet at Broadway openings, oh. at the Oscars, or you know, in brilliant performances and think, oh, my God, I want that life. I want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. But so much of it is the moments in between. So oh, much sure. of it and how you manage the moments in between and how you get to that carpet or yeah. that event or that award show or that job. Yeah. And which requires a lot of like pain and suffering and yeah, but hard work. Yes, exactly. And I've just I've flipped it. So hmm. like you're saying pain and suffering and hard work and that's absolutely true. And mm-hmm. I hate like dry spells are they feel like they're never going to end. Um, yeah. A lot of actors feel like, and I have felt this way at the end of a job. Okay, that's the last time I'm ever going to work. That's it. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't think I've ever come to the end of a job and not had that kind of wow. slip into my brain. Sure, but it it does and it will. And and I think that you know it's like an audition is an opportunity to. This is so cheesy. I'm so sorry. We forgive love me. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An audition is an opportunity to, to like get to do what you like doing. Yeah. So just take it as that. Yeah. And take it as an exercise in that. And and go in being like, I don't know. Who knows? Totally. Throw shit at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's that, it's that um, 
don't yeah just look at it in a way of like I could see this op this fact that I, I'm unemployed and I have an audition as this big negative world ending thing or eh, just embrace the yeah, chaos or think like, like yeah if I don't get this it's gonna mean something about myself like, mm, no it's not <laughs> sure. it's just not and you know about more yourself. often than not mm. it doesn't it's not about it's just not yeah and you can certainly flip it that way if you want to and treat every single one, like grip it with your mind vice. Right. But also, by the way, if you grip it with your mind vice, you're definitely not going to get it. <laughs> totally. No. And you're just going to go crazy. You're going to go crazy. If every audition is like, this is the one, and then you don't get it. And you're clinging in that way. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And, you know, it does. It makes It's crazy making. It's yeah. really crazy making. Is there anything you do, like... Do you have like a post audition uh, mantra or like routine or like what what's like a practical tip for like leaving it behind you? And I'm uh, this is I'm so good at it now just because I've been uh-huh. doing this a long time. Yeah, but my I'm I'm gonna go I'll go back in my career when I was not as good at it to okay. to sort of like how I Perfect. got to a place where I was good at it. Yeah, when I didn't get something. Um, my manager, Russell Gregory, as I've mentioned already, mm-hmm. said to me, he's like, you're allowed to be upset about this for 24 hours. Okay. I was given a time limit. I was allowed to be upset. Yeah, a deadline. But it, it, I could only – it was only allowed to last 24 hours. Mm. Because the bottom line is that you're going to get an email the next day for an appointment two days later. Uh-huh. You just it, – it, it, you can't linger on it. Yeah, yeah. And I also got asked the other day too um, – you're talking about letting it behind you because auditioning is so weird – Somebody asked me who my competition is the other day, and I hadn't been asked that since my oh. 20s. Like, who are you in the waiting room with, typically, or who do you view as your competition? And I just hmm. remember, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody. I mean, at the end of the if somebody else is going to get it over me, yeah, I don't view them as competition. I just view them as being the ones that were supposed to get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll see some path. of the same people, but okay. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think about. I don't. Yeah, there's I think also that that's a huge, gigantic waste of energy to think to about. To even think about who's who is your, you know, who's well, your type, yeah. who's in your whatever. And it pits people against each other who are, you know, we're better united than divided. And oh, like, and yeah, and frankly, totally. like rooting for somebody yeah. feels and is so much better and easier, easier. Yeah, less stressful to just hundred percent choose that. Yeah, yeah, totally. But like now, after auditions. <laughs> sometimes I like to make plans right after an audition uh-huh. like I like that to, as an exercise like, yeah go be extroverted and right to yeah. like go be my extra self <laughs> sure or like be with someone you love yeah, yeah. exactly so Good. like the other day I had an audition and I had lunch plans with my friend Theo right afterwards and had a like glass of sake and yeah. sort of laughed and had a lovely afternoon yeah, and yeah, yeah, went yeah. on my merry way just to be able to shake it off because mm-hmm. thinking about it in the aftermath it's like um it's like if, if all the extroverts out there, I don't. We all go to parties, and when we're going to sleep at night, we like replay the entire evening in our heads. Sure. Of like, what did we say? Who did we say it to? Oh my god, am I in trouble? Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. And you can do that with an audition. Like, oh, how did I say that one thing? Forever. Did I hit that beat? Whatever. Oh, yeah. Forever. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, if if it's you, it's just is. Mm, just embrace that too, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, and you can think about every little thing, but at the hmm. end of the day, if it's you, it's going to be you. If it's not, it's just not. It's going to be somebody else. Sure. And they'll have a great time, but it wasn't for good you. Good for them. Good for them. It's good for them. So would you say the 24-hour being upset, like, rule is more of an unconscious thing? Like, you kind of barely have to consciously do that anymore? I barely have to do it anymore. That's I was very cool. conscious of it at a time. And then now I, I and but I do remember it when I get disappointed now. And it can not, not even just about sure. auditions, about anything this works. Is that I'm like, I'm gonna give myself twenty four hours unless it's something very serious. Of course that's gonna take more than twenty four hours. Yes. But like not getting a job is not the death of a loved one. <laughs> like yes. you have twenty four hours and then get the fuck over it. <laughs> totally. I'm like, gonna get the fuck I'm gonna over use it. this. This is a great rule. Because I love deadlines. Yeah. So I love the idea of like by X point I have to do this. Or stop doing this. Exactly. And or then, that's it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, like with anything, if you practice enough, then you'll be able to do it unconsciously. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, there are things that you just – it's the scariest thing about auditioning for stuff that you want is that the potential of losing something you want, it's like any love. Stings more. It's mm. really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, you got to let it go. You just do because you're not going to be able to reach in there and change some sort of an outcome or make it different. And you're not going to be able to go back and change what you did or do it differently because you probably wouldn't anyway. You wouldn't change the audition. No, unless you royally fucked something up. You wouldn't. You would do it exactly as you did it. Sure. So it... Also, sometimes when What's you make a point? royal fuck up in an audition, it actually leads to a, another job or another audition. Oh, or like, my God. Yeah. Mary Beth Peel told me that she fucked up. Oh, I met her recently. Of, and oh, my God. I, I mean, She's I, I, a legend. I did a pilot with her. And oh. I just, like, drank her for a yeah. incredible. She said that she messed up the lyrics to Send in the Clowns in front of Stephen Sondheim and booked the job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... Oh, I love that story. Not everyone is Mary Beth Peel, but like that gives me, that gives actors hope, you know? She is so gorgeous. Oh, fully. She gets me excited about getting older. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's one of those. I am obsessed with actresses that are just like older and I I just get amped about it. Oh my God. Totally. So excited. Judith Light sat right there. I can't. You you interview the most amazing people. I was like, why do you want to see me? (laughs) Did you like look up the guests? Yeah, you have. You like, did. You've had like Natalie Portman and like <sighs> Nick Kroll and like all these people. Oh <laughs> Elena, thank you for doing that. That's that's wow. What do you mean? Thank you for doing that. I don't, no one's ever talked about like who else has been on the podcast. I don't think anybody else has bothered to look it up, but they should. Oh my god, I like listened to part of the Nick Kroll episode because <laughs> I was like, he's cool. He was a great interview. Yeah, he's, he's not really right cool. there. Yeah, yeah he's really cool. That's, you, There's a framed you, picture right there. If you could see, see that, Gina Rodriguez and Henry Winkler. Uh, who we bizarrely oh. introduced because they were back-to-back interviews. No kidding. Gina brought her dog, and then Henry Winkler, like, met the dog. So adorable. That's cool. Anyway. anyway um, going back to this idea of, like, the roles that you're going to get disappointed about if you don't get because you feel really attached yeah. to them. How did you get – we got to talk about the other two because walk yeah. me through the whole audition process for that. And was that, of course, the kind of role where you were like, I'm dying to get this? Yes. Yeah. So I was doing a show called Graves at the time for Epics. Uh-huh. And I was about to leave to go to New Mexico to shoot that. And um, I got the appointment. And when you're a series regular on a show, it is hard to do another one, typically also because contractually – it's a bit of a snafu, right? Um, which mm. is something that's interesting that's happening right now that's getting worked out because it used to be that you shot 25 episodes for every TV show and now you for don't. You months. shoot for two and a half months and you're mm-hmm. available for stuff. Mm. So that's an interesting conundrum cool. that's happening within the business right now. Um, anyway, I got the appointment and I I, I knew um, I knew about Chris and Sarah because Chris mm-hmm. Kelly and Sarah Schneider, who um, are the co-head writers of the other two, um, because they – um, were running SNL at the time, yeah, which is huge. so crazy to say. Yeah, when I moved to the city, I I sort of thought like, oh, should I? I remember asking Russell. I was like, should I be doing improv comedy? Do I need to like be taking to improv one hundred and one? Mm. But the classes were four hundred and fifty dollars, and I could <laughs> not afford them. <laughs> So reason as any, I I couldn't afford it, and he was like, no, you'll figure it out, whatever. And I I got the audition. And I had seen Chris's movie, um, uh, Other People, mm-hmm. and mm. with Molly Shannon. Yes. And I and he, they are, they're just. Um, I'm, you, you, you were joking about how the writers' room is like everybody that's cool and funny on Twitter. Totally. Every, everybody, like I, mm. it, it's literally, it's like a table that I want to sit at. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that I've that's always how you know. sort of have like put on a pedestal or thought mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm this like theater kid i'm a theater kid and i do television and stuff but like that's a different table the comedy table where it's like gotcha. the lorne michaels mm. and you know the um chris and sarah and mm-hmm. we were saying joel kim booster and cola scola and kat cohen okay. and um bowen yang and matt rogers like they're all at a table that i'm like oh god i want to sit i would at, love you know. yeah totally so um those were just a bunch of names that i rattled off that everybody should now go follow on twitter absolutely <laughs> um Anyway, I got the email, and you get an email, and it's like, this is the character, this is whatever it is. And I read the pilot, and I was just um, broken immediately because <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. You're like, no. Uh, no, goddammit. It. It. And it's a perfect example of being like, I love this so much. Yeah. I love this character is me. I, I And Uh-oh. I not only do I love this so much, it's being helmed by people I respect so much. So yeah. it was like the yeah. double whammy of sometimes you'll read something that's good, but like, I don't know, it's not you don't necessarily have faith in what it is. But it was sure. like, 
Lord Michaels was producing, <laughs> and it was for Comedy Central, and it yeah. was Chris and Sarah, and I was like, Fuck. It checks every box. Yeah. It just checked every box, and so I went in for it, and I just sort of was like, you know what? And I, I – I, I just have to calm myself down and be mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to go in and meet them. I'm going to go in it's and I'm just going to meet Chris and Sarah. Yeah. And that's how I thought about the audition. So, but I was in there for 45 minutes and I really did oh. just meet them. Yeah. We sat together. And these are two people that I consider like deeply good friends of mine now. Uh-huh. And I did the audition and I left. I was at 30 Rock and I was walking down 6th Avenue and I called up Russell and I was like, I'll never book this. This job oh. is too great. But do you think they'll have a drink with me sometime? Oh, sweet. <laughs> I just oh, wanted to be buds with them forever because they just felt like friends right away. Hmm. Um, and then and then I went to New Mexico and then I got called back and I had to like fly back and do a chemistry read with Drew who had already oh. was already attached and Drew was from again from improv and I was like I'm so mad at myself for not spending the $450 to fucking take improv one at one at UCB I don't know how to do this oh. and um and we read together and um yeah, and and that w- I like improved the line about the red mesh shorts, which ended up in the pilot oh. of the episode. Yeah, uh-huh. And I just – we both have siblings. We both have – he's got younger sisters and a younger brother, and I've got two younger brothers. And so we okay. just sort of like felt each other out in that way. And, you know, we were just in this conference room, and then I – I, then I got that job. I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> totally. That's a long-winded way of saying I went to two auditions and then I got a job that <laughs> I still believe I really had no business getting. <laughs> sure. Because I also shot the pilot, and this is another thing, you know, and I talk to a lot of actor friends, you get imposter syndrome. So uh, when I was shooting the uh-huh. pilot, I was like, I knew that they had seen everybody for this, and there are so many amazing comedians that had mm-hmm. gone in to to do to for this job, and they hired me, a dorky theater kid, who totally, you know, if I had a nickel for every single time somebody was like, "That was great," can you just do it smaller? Okay, <laughs> I'd be so loaded. Camera versus stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you? That was great, but like four hundred times smaller. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, you know, I. I'm I'm so proud of it. I think it's Oh yeah. I think it's so great. People seem to really like it. And the other day, I was at I mean, I was at the Hades Town opening night, which is ah. first of all so cool. Yeah, I saw it Saturday <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um I was standing in the aisle like chatting with a friend of mine and then the, the ultimate full circle thing for my dumb dork brain happened to me. This woman turns around. She goes, "Excuse me, are you Helena York?" And it was Daphne Rubin Vega. Oh my god! <laughs> and she said <gasps> my name correctly. And then she goes, "I'm oh, sorry. God. I just love the show. I love the show. I love you." She goes, "I'm Daphne." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. bitch. I know who you are." <laughs> she said your name correctly. Mimi said my name correctly. Loves the show. And I was like, "Oh my god! I just that's that's crazy. how you know that is crazy." I could quit. I could quit. Right. It's one of those. And that's how I go into auditions now and not care because that experience happened to me. (laughs) That's really good to hear, too. If you get one of those moments of like, I could quit now and just. That's sort of how I feel. Forever. Yeah. I do feel that way a little bit. I I mean, please, I want to work forever. Yeah. But, But you know, I get asked now, too, you know, I have done, you know, interviews, whatever. And. I get asked, like, what's next for you? Uh-huh. And it's so funny, and I am thinking about that now, but at the time, you know, as this show was coming out, my dream forever, I, w- I was like, okay, if I w- could really articulate, and again, I don't like making plans, because it's like, make a plan and God laughs, so I don't like putting necessarily mm. things out there that are like specific things that I want, because I, again, I want to be surprised. I don't know what's sure. going to be possible. But I did finally let myself say, I was like, you know what, I want to be a series regular in a, on a good comedy show on, like, cable. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't need it to be NBC, Damn. whatever. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. And people like it. And so I was like, I'm just going to let myself enjoy this for a minute. <laughs> sure, because sure. I was vacuuming yeah. an exercise studio a couple years ago. Totally. So also, I'm going to take this the show premiered in January. So technically yeah. this was like your life in December is totally different than it was now. Right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. 2019 has been, like, a huge change. Yeah. And yeah, it, I mean, we did it all in 2018, but right? yeah. Right. And it's the kind of thing where you don't want to take away from this moment by looking ahead. Not yet. Exactly. And I think, 
again, also, that's another thing I'm going to say about the stuff that sucks. Really let yeah. yourself enjoy the shit that's good. Yeah. Because if you do, then the stuff that sucks is going to wash over you. Because mm-hmm. you're going to feel whole and good and, you know. Even if it's like a triumphant moment where you sing a note that is awesome at a reading and everybody's uh-huh. like, yes, like live in that. Yeah. Small and, things. And and celebrate the things about you that are great and let yourself feel that. Don't be a dick. But like uh-huh. when things are great, let them be great. Don't shy away from what it is. Mm. Let it happen because enough, you know, stuff that's hard is going to happen. So yeah, take advantage. This That's advice that like gets me to my this is you've been saying things that speak directly to me yes and i am grateful for that look at me i should be a therapist now i'm I'm gonna pivot again do you (laughs) my new thing is therapy do you go to therapy i do ask that yeah 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 you can ask that i do i go to therapy i i find it helpful i i i find it very helpful i don't know why i'm asking this i find it i i find it essential yeah i I didn't for a long time and it's one of those things, too, where you're – what I'm finding and is that I'm more sane, I think, than I realized. Like, I have oh. Oh. I have a lot more belief in my own reasonable abilities. Huh. She's, like, you know, I find that very helpful. Yeah. And then also to be called out on the things that are just ridiculous to be sitting in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I find therapy mm. essential, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's stigmatized for a lot of people still. It's int- it was stigmatized for me because my parents were oh, always yeah. like, you don't need a therapist, you have us type of thing. Because oh, uh-huh. they're good. I have great parents that are great listeners and everything. Yeah. But it really is different. Yeah. It's really different. And it's especially like- as you like come into your 30s and you're shaping yourself in as an adult or mm-hmm. even in your 20s. I think it's, I think it's great. Mm, yeah. Because that's the other thing too. Like work is work and life is life. And mm. if you can sort out – if you can feel good and solid in how you're making decisions in life, yeah. especially as an actor, your work is allowed to shine more because mm-hmm. you're not bringing in the heaviness of – The chaos of your – Yeah. Yeah. Like the cacophony of what's happening outside that room. Mm. You're able to like – Like it's kind of nice to compartmentalize and be like, well, this is taken care of. This is a maybe a little crazy and chaotic. Yeah. I'm going to try to use that to my advantage or like yeah. embrace that. And especially like especially when life is cacophonous, you have a place to at least mm. sort it out. Totally. I find the regularity of it is is one of the most important things. Absolutely. Like each every time I think, oh well this week I don't know if I really need it. That's absolutely the week that I need it most. Yeah. Or like it's just talking to a professional. I talk to my friends all the time about that stuff, but something about having a professional be like, What you just said is bullshit. Yeah. So important. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I like I got out of therapy recently that I I just like blew my mind and it's so simple. It's uh-huh. crazy. And also this is another thing that my manager told me. I was like I was I was in LA doing I'll I'll just this will tie into the therapy conversation. Mm-hmm. But I was in LA, I was doing the first season of Masters of Sex mm-hmm. and I had done the pilot and I went to LA to do the first season and I was like staying with my folks. I was so excited. And it sort of started off a little rocky, and I got really freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, I came all the way here to do this, la, la, la. Mm -hmm. And my manager said, "Um, well, what are you doing placing any expectation on what this is going to be? Just allow yourself to enjoy it and go about your day. Whatever it is, enjoy what that is. Mm -hmm. And I did, and it ended up being, you know, one of my favorite jobs ever. It was, like, such a wonderful you know, seven-month chunk of my life and my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and my therapist is the same thing. It's like sort of going into situations where you expect something or yeah. or you, you know, you have an idea of what it's going to be or what a person will be like or whatever and just – not <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense because totally. within the problem with an expectation is that it's either gonna be you're either gonna be disappointed or you're gonna have your expectations exceeded or it's gonna be uh-huh. kind of the same level of, as what you thought but different it's always gonna be different totally so if you like paint a picture in your head it's restri- then you're, you're painting it's yourself restrictive. into a corner yeah I had also a soul cycle instructor I'm a big <laughs> proponent of soul cycle yes, yes! <laughs> Um, say something in class that was like, why would you give yourself a dream? Why limit yourself? Mm-hmm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. 
You don't know. Yeah. And that's why also, that's another way to face disappointment. You don't know why that disappointment happened, what it's making room for. Oh. What you it's just making don't room for. know. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, expect, you know, releasing expectation and allowing yourself to mm-hmm. be surprised. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the best acting advice doubles is life advice. And I think that that's, 100%. that's just true. Yeah, like, you paint yourself into a corner if you if you think of it's if you try to define the future in one in one path. Yes, exactly. And there's no the linear thing too. It's not linear. It's never linear. Oh my god. It's no. Gonna zigzag all over the place. Yeah, so get over so it. So embrace it. Yeah, totally. Get totally. the fuck over it. <laughs> totally. Get here, get a job and get the fuck over it. Yeah. And like see where it takes you cuz you just don't know. I you know, my friend Jake Wilson, who I went to college with, mm-hmm. is like a television writer now and directs music videos and directed a music video for Cher recently and is doing Ooh. all this incredible stuff. Oh, my God. Like, I was at – when I got to school, I watched Benj Pasek and Justin Paul meet. We had our, you like, did? tour of the university together when we were 18 years old. And, like, who knows? <laughs> That's amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. who knows what would have happened if they hadn't go to, gone to college together? Right. And they're like – I think they're a guh away from egotting. That's or right. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like who? <laughs> you don't know. Actually, I have an I have a story about it, a disappointment uh-huh. that I love because I know the person who got it. So uh-huh. I like I had just gotten back from Wicked and I was like I want to do television and I auditioned for an episode of Girls oh, to uh-huh. play like Lena's friend from home or something. Yeah. Who's like some basic blonde girl as usual. Uh huh. And. <laughs> I I remember being like, oh, my God, this is perfect for me. This could be it. And I didn't get it. And my friend Vanessa Ray got it. Uh-huh. And she's an actress and she's on Blue Bloods now and doing all this. And I had her and her husband over for dinner the other day. And I was like, God, I remember how devastated I was. Mm-hmm. That's one of the last things I cried about. Like, I didn't get it and okay. I cried. Yes. It was that and level. It was that level. And she has – Vanessa has an incredible career. And I'm also very proud of mine. But, like, it mm. didn't matter. And now it doesn't matter. That was for her. Mm -hmm. And now it doesn't matter. Yeah. It might matter at the time, and that's okay. For 24 hours. (laughs) You can mourn it for 24 hours. Exactly. (laughs) There's a time limit. God, I love that. This is fucking gold. Um, Thank you. I have to – I have questions. Okay, great. But I wrote about things like fame, colon. (laughs) Social media, question mark. (laughs) The things that are like – that are relevant to the other two because the other two is capturing like this exact moment in fame and social media. And, yeah, like, totally. Do you have thoughts about social media? I do have a lot of that thoughts. That thing you said earlier about the red carpet being like this vision of like, that's the life. Yes. When like, no, but there's all this other stuff that happens too. Uh-huh. That's sort of what Instagram's become of like, I'm just presenting the highlights, the good stuff. Well, yeah, but why wouldn't you? But why wouldn't you? Exactly. What else are you going to do? I mean, I think the last two posts on my Instagram is mm-hmm. me getting really dressed up for the Hadestown opening night and then a picture of me and Annalie Ashford, like, because <laughs> we went as dates. Cute. <laughs> and frankly, like, no, I'm not posting me reading through voiceover sides, like, figuring out how to personify, sure. you know, a, I don't know, receptionist for a – you don't want to watch me in my sure. bathrobe at my kitchen island. Like, <laughs> and, you know – my feelings about social media are this, is that, yes, of course you're going to present the good stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. That's what you should do. The thing That's I like about do. that is that also enjoy people cheering you on. What I think is amazing about social media and that mm. I've really found is that people are the greatest. Like, yeah. I feel so supported by – every now and again you'll get something stupid, uh-huh. like a trolley whatever. But yeah. who cares? Because it's, it's an opportunity for friends to be like, you're killing it. Because then <laughs> – Conversely, when you post something that I'm excited about, mm-hmm. I'm going to cheer you on because yeah. that feels good to do. And that's what I like about Instagram. Amazing. Is that like, yeah, you're not ever because that's the thing. Nobody's living in a, some perfect idealized life. Yeah. It is never ex- all good. And so just totally. get rid of the assumption that that's what's happening. Like, oh, I'm without because so-and-so is on the red carpet for whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, stop it. They totally. had a bad day yesterday. It's you don't know. A, yeah. Totally. You don't know. And honestly, like, being able to cheer other people on, this is something that I learned from Chris and Sarah as well. They're such positive Hmm. 
people. And like also the other thing I've learned about the comedy community is how much everybody's buoying one another, how everybody's watching each other's show yeah. and being like, get it, get after it. Mm-hmm. Like I got obsessed with Pen15 and I went on yeah. Instagram to follow Anna and she was already following me and I had met her at this thing and I was like, oh my God, uh, I love you. Yeah. Your show's incredible. Totally. Uh, it's speaking to me in this totally different way. And all I want to do is like tell people to watch it. And yeah. I think- yeah. It costs nothing to do that. It no, yeah. and it doesn't take anything away from me. Totally, <laughs> totally. Like being able, somebody else doing great or having a good time doesn't take it from me, and yeah. so that's how I feel about Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, I want to watch Leslie Kritzer's thoughts on Hades Town after she sees it, like <laughs> talking in her bathrobe to her camera. Yes. Like, I'm about that. My other thing about social media. This is another thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to call people out on this. Uh huh. If you're following somebody and it's upsetting you, fucking mute them. What is wrong with you? (laughs) Or unfollow them. Or unfollow them. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, because if that then is filling your life with negativity to the point that you need to troll them or to put negativity out there. Then just mute them. Get get it out of your feed. It's designed so that you can fiddle with it. You literally choose. You choose. You you decide what you see. Yeah. All I follow are like... Drag queens, interior design inspo, mm-hmm. some comedians I love. And Leslie you know, Kritzer. Leslie Kritzer and my mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's totally. all that matters to me. Yeah. By the way, Kritzer's a great example. Yeah. Kritzer right now is killing it As, in Beetlejuice. Yeah, in Beetlejuice. And she's, and I've seen her in it, and she's amazing. She's and I amazing. can't recommend it enough. I had a great time at that show. Same, same. And I hadn't seen Alex Brightman in a long time, and we were, like, oh. loving on it. I was so excited. Met Rob McClure that night. Was so excited to meet him. Yeah. I mean, these are the things. I mean, you know, and it was like a preview. I was backstage. I love that shit so much. Anyways. Yes. But Kritzer is killing it and like Mm -hmm. posting pictures of like photo shoots of her promoting whatever. And it is so exciting. Totally. To be like, get it, get it, get it. Like, I'm here for this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're in that. While somebody crushes. Yeah. If you're in that community where like you, I feel like you see these people with the day-to-day grind, the the less glamorous stuff, the hardworking stuff, like you've seen the amount of work that gets put in, into that. Oh, my God. So when they succeed, yeah, you got to cheer it on. Exactly. So that's my, so my thing about social media is that it can be whatever you decide. Totally. And okay. if you give it power, then, yeah, you're going to have trouble. And I deleted it for, gosh, like eight months or mm-hmm. something recently. And I think I needed the break maybe. And then I just reframed. If you reframe mm-hmm. and you make it work for you. Because, like, why follow stuff that makes you sad? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's stupid. Reframe. That reframing seems to be the theme of this, of this talk because... Laura Benanti said that to me once. Oh, my God. About you Laura Benanti... name drop the best people. I, thank you. The funniest, most amazing theater Laura people. Benanti is incredible. Yeah. And a damn legend. And... And one of the funniest people. So funny. <laughs> so gifted. So gorgeous. Totally. I remember meeting her when I was all. still in college. She was at Joe's Pub and I met her in a bathroom. And I was like, this woman glows from within. <laughs> but Laura said something about like, I don't know. I, I, I was asking her how she was. And she was like, oh, this, that, and the other thing. She goes, I need to just stop, take a breath, and reframe. Laura Benanti. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's another Bingo. example. Like you can think everybody like whatever. Sometimes you just need to stop, take a breath, reframe. You're going to yes. have a rough couple months, you reframe. Yeah. Not to call out Laura for like, you know, needing to reframe. Well, yeah. Frame, and you know what I'm saying. I like that idea too. There's again a time limit. Instead of 24 hours, you can say I'm giving myself a month to sure. take a breath, reframe. Mm-hmm. You get to choose this path. You do. Same with social media. And I think it's amazing, too. The other thing I will also say about social media, and my friend Andrew Keenan-Bolger is a Mm -hmm. great example of this, which is it becomes sort of – it can become an artistic outlet. And you can – Yeah, actual creativity. Yeah. Actual creativity is coming out. It's also incredible because it's killing Madison Avenue ads. Like – People oh, yeah. are clamoring just to have an influencer mm. post about them. Right. And this is content that they've created and curated themselves. And these millennials are, like, dialed into what people want to exactly. see yeah. in a way that, like, advertising can't necessarily as well tap into. Yeah, that's And exciting. how amazing is that yeah. that somebody from their living room can – develop a following from how a picture looks and like a sort of image that they're giving. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah. It's That's total amazing. self-made. You can just be totally self-made. Yes. So yeah. Case Walker on our show who plays Chase Dreams. Yes. Had made this total <sighs> social media fame for himself off of this app Musical.ly. 
Uh-huh. And has, like, fans and stuff from lip-syncing videos he was doing in his parents' kitchen. Right. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, good on you. Now he's good on a on fucking Comedy Central show. Totally. A, a show that's skewering his exact rise to fame. And, like, Molly Shannon plays but, his mom. And he's like, this totally. is my first audition ever. And I'm like, well, joke's on me, actually, then. <laughs> so, get get after it, social media people. You're like, I got to start posting my, my stuff from my living room more often. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's great advice. So, just embrace or get off. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You don't you know. You don't know. That's the, this is wonderful. Um, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I kind of feel anything. like this was like a great podcast interview for listeners, but like more for me. <laughs> like <laughs> some of this advice I'm following. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, tweet us at In the Envelope, leave a review, we want to hear from you. Visit Backstage.com for more content and resources for working artists, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with a free trial by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout. Thanks, as always, to podcast producer Wiz, Jamie Muffet. You can follow him on Twitter at JamieMusicNYC. You can follow me, Jack Smart, on Twitter at JackSmartWrites. Thank you to the team at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. Peter Rappaport, Mark Stinson, Samantha Sherlock, Francis Ramos, Lauren Rout, Caitlin Watkins, and especially, should-be Oscar nominee, Casey Howe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.